Okay, Boker Tov, we begin now. Maseches Moy Cotton Daf Beis Ahmed Aleph. After that introduction from yesterday, we said that uh, that the performance of labor on Cholamoid is generally forbidden. However, we said there are certain procedures that are allowed to be done for certain reasons, and one of them is something called a dover ha'aved. If something will be lost, and if you perform, if you delay the performance of a certain activity, which will cause you a loss of principle, as opposed to making profit, you can perform that act ha'cholamoid, but this also has a condition. And the condition for that is it cannot be labor that's overly strenuous. And that's called a tircha yaseira. So those are the two main terms for this amad to remember. One is dover ha'avad, going to suffer a substantial loss of principle. So that's a leniency for cholamoid. But only if it does not require Tircha Yisera excessive exertion. Okay, so now the Mishnah is going to discuss these two rules when it comes to irrigating your fields. Now, there's two different types of fields. Was well, really three, but one is a field that does not need any irrigation. It is a field that uh, rain falls well. It, it's 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 well ir- self irrigated, so to speak, and therefore does not need any water, and therefore and will cause no financial loss if you don't water it. Then there's one that's called a base hashlochim. <coughs> a base hashlochim is an irrigated field. That means it requires irrigation. And if it doesn't have irrigation, you could lose uh, the crop and the field will get damaged. Now, <clears throat> so we'll see under certain circumstances you can irrigate the field on Cholamoid because if you don't, you'll suffer a financial loss of the principal, as we shall see. But first, we have to go to a Gemara in Chagiga to understand the source of the prohibition of working on Chol HaMoyed. From where do we learn this Gemara Chagiga From where do we learn that you're not allowed to do work on Chol HaMoyed? The Taner Abon and our rabbis taught the following. It says, Es Chag HaMatzos Tishmor Shivas Yomim you shall guard the Chag HaMatzos of Pesach seven days. Okay. Limeid al this teaches us about Cholamoyed, She'asr be'asiyas malacha, that you're not allowed to do malacha, because it says seven days you will guard the Pesach. Divrei Rabbi Yishaya, that's what Rabbi Yishaya says. Rabbi Yochanan says, Einat Sarach, we don't need it. He learns it from Akal V'chomer. Uma Rishon If the first and the seven days of Pesach, She'ein Kedusha Lifnei Lacharem. They don't have holiness before and after them. There's no holy. If Yontif is the first day, that's Yontif. There's nothing holy before, nothing holy after. Seventh day is Yontif. Nothing holy, nothing after. Aser Basiyas Malach can't do work. Kol Hashol Moed, Kol Hamoyed, Sheyesh Kedusha Lifnei Lacharem. 
Cholamoid has holiness before Cholamoid, first day of Yontiv, and holiness after Cholamoid, last of Yontiv. Eino din sheyaser basiyas melacha. Shouldn't it certainly be wrong? Not allowed to do melacha. Anyway, and then they go on to bring other proofs to that. So the, clearly, it seems from this Gemara, there's a biblical prohibition of doing work on Chol Hamoed. Yeah. No, because there's different. There's different sukkim that talk about don't eat chametz for seven days. I don't. I don't want to get into the whole Gemara Chagiga. I just wanted to show it to you that shows it's a biblical prohibition. But because it already says you can't eat chametz for seven days. So what else is there to guard except malacha? Because it's covered somewhere else. It's covered somewhere else. It's covered. If it says don't eat chametz for seven days. So why do you have to say this Pesach's referring so to Chometz? If it's so explicit, not be Chometz for seven days, why is it so explicit? Clearly, do not work. It says. Tishmur, guard it. Guard the day to Antif. Okay, anyway, I, okay. I, if you want to learn the whole Gemara Chagiga, we could learn that. But anyway, let's just uh, take it at that that the Gemara learns from Psukim that it's Osir. Now, the question is, here's the issue. So on the one hand, it seems like a biblical source. On the other hand, we relax the restrictions depending on the reason why they're needed. And it would seem it's rabbinic. That's the real thing we want to discuss. If we're bringing biblical sources versus rabbinic, it seems it's rabbinic. On Shabbos, for example, or even Yantif. You know, you can only do this and that. That's it. While on Cholamoid, doesn't seem like a lot of work is prohibited. So there's two schools of thought of resolving this issue. Totally different. Rashi and the Riff hold that Cholamoid prohibition is biblical. But unlike the others, the Torah authorizes the rabbis to say which type of work is not allowed or not. The Torah is, is, is defining that, and it could be because it's not such a strongly worded prohibition as Shelley noted. And therefore, because it's not clearly saying lo sasa kol melacha, things like that, so therefore it's prohibited to work, but Hashem told the rabbis you will tell decide which work is necessary or not so it is still biblical it's biblical to not work in ways that will make the yontif of the cholamoid not a moed so things that you have to do you do things not not because obviously you can't not cook for seven days Okay, Torah would not do such things. So obviously things that are meant to enhance the Yontif, clearly Shabbos and Yontif, it says clearly, and by Yontif it only specifically says that which you need for your Tzorech Ochel Nefesh is allowed. But here by Cholomoed, when it's saying seven days you will guard it, so it means to say, okay, you don't do work in general that is not necessary for the Yonta, and Hashem leaves it to the rabbis to deal with it. According to that, it's still biblically prohibited 
to do work that is not allowed by the rabbis. That's Rashi and the Rif. Can we say it's kind of like, in a way, like Rosh Kodesh, where it's biblical, but the rabbis can decide when it is? Well, they have some discretion which day it's going to be Rosh Chodesh. They have it's discretion difficult. in terms of what day is Rosh Chodesh, right. and it is biblical. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so biblical. Yep, yep. On the other hand, Tosfos, Rambam, and the Rosh hold it's only rabbinic, and those psukim are what we call an asmachta. It's just a support to it, but it's basically rabbinic. And uh, so that is the machlokas. So it's a huge machlokas, the nature. Is it biblical? Is it rabbinic? But even if it's biblical, it has rabbinic parameters around it. So ultimately, it becomes a rabbinic issue either way. Okay, now. Rabbi, if, the, if Hashem gave leeway to the rabbis to decide, yeah. then it's biblical. What, what, why, why the question? I don't understand. It's biblical. And the or it's said, you rabbis decide that's, what you want to do. That's one that's, way. That's, that's one it, way. That's what it says. No, that's one way of learning it. That's it. The Torah, as as we noted, it doesn't say specifically so overtly like Shabbos and Yontif. You cannot do any work. Right. It says you're going to guard it. You're going to this. So the question is, does you know? This, it just means guard the sanctity, but you know but we're not really telling you what to do. Or the rabbis are saying, no, there's a prohibition of work. So the question is, is it the rabbis who said it's a prohibition of work and the text is not a specific reference to that? Or the Torah says it's prohibited in work. So that's because the Torah did not say it so clearly, so the question is, is it only a hint or that's what the Torah means? So either the Torah means you can't do any work and the rabbis decide what work is not allowed, or the Torah said you can do any work you want, and the rabbis said you can only do certain work. So either way, it has a rabbinic uh, nature to it. Now, what kind of field cannot subsist on rainfall alone? Let's say that in a mountain. Why? Because the water runs off. So that's never going to work. So it has to be continuously or watered in order to avoid irreparable damage to the crops growing there. Okay, you are planting crops. Crops need, crops cost money. Okay, and if you have this whole bunch of crops that you're watering every day and now for a week you don't water them, it could permanently damage the crops. That's not a loss of profit. That's a loss of the principle, because that's what the crops are. What if, the, what if the amount of work involved is, is, is a lot of strenuous work? Hang on. That's we're we did. We we're only talking about irrigating, and that's exactly what's coming up in a moment. So you can you can water a field that needs irrigation, bimoid on cholamoid if you follow few more rules that are coming up. And also, Ubashvis and Shemitah. Now, Shemitah, this seems to be like a throw-in over here. The topic really is Cholamoid, but I guess the same thing, certain, you're not allowed to grow things, but now you could talk about other irreparable damages to Shemitah, which we'll get to shortly. Okay? Now, 
What kind? Now the question is: So where, where are you irrigating it from? What's your source of irrigation? Right. Well, we could have springs that have sprung up, and we create a certain uh, structure around the spring, or you could have different pools. We'll see. There's different forms of sources of irrigation. Only certain ones are permitted. Other ones are not. Why? Because certain ones don't take a lot of effort to make in order for the irrigation to happen, while others take a lot of effort to make. And therefore, even though you're going to lose the principle, you cannot overexert yourself. So that's where we're putting the two rules together. Now we're discussing what kind of a spring. So whether it's Mayan Shiyotza Betchila, whether a spring that has newly emerged, and we'll see the difference between that and another one, or whether the spring is not newly emerged. Okay, now when you have a spring, you build certain walls around it, or as it creates, to make it easy to access. Now, here's the point. Walls of a newly emerged spring, Rashi says, are not yet sturdy, and therefore we would maybe have feared it may collapse and then restoring them will take a lot of work that you may do, you, you might think you could do on Yontif, which you can't do for an irrigation field. So we're saying even though it's a new spring and there's the possibility that the walls can fall, it's still not a problem. Okay, now very important condition we're going to learn in the next Mishnah this whole permission of watering the field, if it's already been performed, you've been watering it before Cholamoid. Uh, don't start. Not you've watered it. Yeah. It's like taking a medication. Yeah, <laughs> you got to finish the medication. In that case, suspending the watering for the week of the festival can cause irreparable damage to the seas of again to germinate. germinate. But if you didn't water the field before Yantif, you can't water it on Cholamoid since there's no loss of principle, only a loss of profit may occur, meaning the crops won't start to grow until after the festival, which is sufficient, not enough to allow it afterwards. In other words, if you haven't watered it yet, then you haven't put any seeds in yet, right? When do you really water it? When you're putting the seeds in. Yeah. Seeds cost money. So why are you watering it before Cholamoid? Because you put seeds in. If you haven't said, I don't want to work yet, so you're not watering it till now, so why should you water it now? Well, maybe it's nice to have the field be very damp, so when you put the seeds in, it might be better, you know. But no, if you waited that long, so then that's not an issue. Okay, that is, is, that's uh, one opinion. Okay, uh, yeah. So, so it sounds like we said that um, if there's a huge amount of effort involved, then, not allowed. Then it's, then it's out. And, and even even if you're gonna like lose your whole livelihood, and it's still too bad for you. That's right. It's just too bad. You just go back. Well, let's put it this way: if you know when cholamoid is, you prepare accordingly. Yeah. If you're a Jewish farmer, you don't do foolish things and say, "Well, I have an irrigation field, and it's very hard to draw the water." So I'm going to be an idiot and plant the seeds before Cholamoid because I'm not, not going to be allowed to. Then you come to the rabbi and say, 
Well, I already planted it. So Rabbi says, listen, is this the first time you've been a Jew? It's Cholomoyed is every year. I mean, you know when when Yantav is. You know when Cholomoyed is. If you know Cholomoyed is then, so now you have to prepare your fields accordingly and, and manage your affairs accordingly. If you've got a field that needs excessive effort, don't plant it till after Sukkot. That's all. You know, just like on Shabbos. What if a person didn't prepare any food before Shabbos? He goes to the rabbi and says, Rabbi, I'm going to starve. And the rabbi says, didn't you know it's Shabbos? Well, I was, had other things in my mind. So, okay, so the rabbi will invite you to his house or whatever. Or you come to our shul for Kiddush. He'll say for lunch, not for Friday night. But if you know what the rules are, the whole point is to maintain the sanctity of Cholomoy. So just like anything else in business, when we'll get to the practical contemporary halachas of if you have to close your factory or not, we'll discuss that as well. And if you really know that that's what Cholomoy is, so you should set up your business in a way telling everybody that the factory is closed two weeks of the year. That's it. And we'll make Parnas otherwise. And we're not closed for two weeks over the Christmas vacation. You say, ah, but you're going to lose business? A man above gives you Parnasa, not the, the economy. So that's uh, that's the issue. Yeah? I'm just wondering if, first, how, how much before do they have to plant the seeds so you won't get in that situation? Uh, I'm, I'm not an agriculturist, but it, it has to... It, you know, you're entitled to plant it before and found to do it and just not to lose any money. So I don't, I'm not a, a, a botanist to tell you how much watering, but obviously when you are in the process of water, you know when you plant the seeds, you got to water it. So if you're ready, bothered to plant the seeds before, then you, and it's not really an easy time because when are you planting them? You're not going to be able to water them on Rosh Hashanah. You're not going to be able to water them on Yom Kippur. You won't be able to water them on Yom Tzukas. I guess, you know, maybe you don't have to water it every day, but it depends on the nature of the crop and when the crop has to be planted. Okay, that is what you're allowed to do. Uh, but what, what can you not water? You cannot irrigate a field. Okay, so, so clearly, if it's a field that rain comes down and doesn't need irrigation, you're obviously not allowed to irrigate it because you don't need to. But there's certain irrigating fields where the water comes from rainwater, pools of rainwater, or water from a well. What does that mean? Rainwater refers to a pool of rainwater adjacent to a garden or field. Well water is water contained in a deep pit, which requires the use of a pail, a kilone, to bring it to the surface. Okay, the more we'll explain later on, you can't do these two kinds, because that will require tircha yasera, excessive exertion, to draw the water. The rabbis only permitted work to, to avoid an irretrievable loss if there's no excessive exertion. When you're watering from a spring, the amount of exertion is minimal. Why? You just trace a groove in the ground with your foot from the spring to the field and the water will flow to the field of its own. Okay? The reason against using a pool of rainwater is going to be discussed in the Gemara. 
because it seems, well, that one you don't need a pit. Now, a deep well, so the pit, the uh, pitcher goes down, pail goes down, it's cranking up, that's heavy work. And it's not one time, you might be doing it 50 times, whatever. So we understand of a, from a spring, you just make a groove with your foot. That's easy. That, but a stick, whatever, just making a groove is not a big deal. Obviously, we're not used to farm labor. Uh, and I don't know if anybody ever drew a pail of water from... Uh, I did. You did? Yeah, Romania. Was it heavy? Of course it's heavy. Okay. The pail itself is heavy. That's right. So it was a lot of work. That was just for one pail. Yeah. And that was just for the house. It wasn't to irrigate a field. No. Yeah, so that's that's the issue. So that is excessive work. Okay? Is it the work or the irrigation itself? Like today you have... Okay, so then that could be different. Yeah. That could be different because you're not doing any work at all. You're not doing any work at all. And uh, well, no, because everybody knows you're not doing any work. There's no pails, no schlepping. And you know, I would assume uh, now it's a field that needs rain, but assuming I mean uh, that needs water, and I'm assuming it needs water. So that's the easiest way. If anything, I'd say for care, everyone think for sure it's okay because you're not doing anything. It's probably even on timers <laughs> and you're not doing anything. Okay. Now, so this would also be interesting. I mean, could you water your grass on colomoid? Most likely not because no, no grass. There's no loss. There's going to be no loss. April, it rains anyway. And in October it usually rains, or you don't need much anyway. So you're not what you don't have any crops at your field, and it's just for a little grass. And you know, it's how brown is it going to get after a week? So therefore, it would be a big difference. Okay, what other ex now? The question is shmita. What happened to the shmita issue over there? That I had to. I think we. No, no, we have over here. One second. Uh, oh, so now, now regarding the Shemitah, okay, some maintain that the condition that the field be one which is unable to subsist on rainfall alone applies to Shemitah as well. Okay, that's when it says Ubashviz. Others hold that any field during the water can be watered during Shemitah. And the diminution is specified in irrigation field only because of Chol Hamoid. So it's a machlokis by Shemitah. Does it have to be an irrigation field or not? Why we're Why throwing it? Why would you irrigate if you're not planting anything? So I, get for, I guess it could create some major losses to the ground. Ground can crack, can get very dried out and, and, and not be usable the next year. So that uh, would be a reason why you could do that. So again, you, you can't. You, you can water them. You, you you can only again. You can only do things that will avoid terrible loss to the ground, uh, to the trees. Let's say certain types of pruning. You're not planting. You're not growing crops, but you don't want the land to be destroyed. That's it. the land has to rest. Resting means that it doesn't grow plant, doesn't grow crops. That really takes a lot of the nurturing out of the land, the, the nutrients out of the land. So it's got to rest, but you don't want it to be destroyed. So there's certain, that's, that's the whole halachas of shviz, so what you can do. 
Okay, now, these are certain things you can't do, and other agricultural things cannot be done. Vein osin ugios lakfanim. You cannot dig ditches around the roots of the grapevines, and they did that in order to collect rainwater, because this too is excessive exertion. Okay? Now, according to the majority of the Rishonim, these last two restrictions, watering from collecting rainwater or well and digging ditch around vines, apply only to Cholomoyed and not to Shemitah. During Shemitah, there's no restriction on excessive exertion because it's not Yontif. So the issue now would be for Shemitah, the only issue is are you growing crops or not? Or are you just protecting the land from being destroyed? So therefore, we would not have these problems. But on Cholomoyed, you can't make these ditches. That's digging ditches. It's just too much work. What else? Rabbi Lozer ben Azaria Omer, okay, he says, Ein osin You may not dig a new irrigation canal during Cholomoyed or during Shemitah. An irrigation canal is called an ama because it's usually one cubit deep and one cubit wide. The canal is used to direct water through the field or from field to field. Digging such a canal is forbidden because excessive exertion is required to dig a new irrigation canal. But as far as Shemitah is concerned, that's not an issue because excessive work is not a problem for Shemitah and you only need the canal so the land won't be wrecked up. He said not doing Shemitah. No, 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 he did. He said, he said you can. It said you can. We started in the beginning. The first line said you can irrigate fields that so need forbidden. irrigation. It's forbidden achol hamoed. Again, when he said the first line. Well, I said as far as Shemitah is concerned, the restriction is still still forbidden. That's the way I understand it. As far as Shemitah is concerned, although we explained that there is no... Oh, I'm sorry. Digging a new canal is forbidden. I'm sorry. You're right. Yes. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. V'chachamim omrim, the chachamim say, Osines ama betchila b'shviz. He argues and okay. says, you can dig a new irrigation canal during Shemitah. So we'll have to see what that machlokas is about. But clearly you cannot do it on Cholomoy. Can you, can you get uh, non-Jews to dig it for you? Well, that's another issue. That's going to be another question. We'll have to get to that. Now a whole other issue. What about to repair damaged ones during Cholomoyed? Let's say the earth fell into a canal. You already had the canal. The water was flowing freely. Now if some earth fell in, it's blocking up the canal. So that you can remove the canal since there's not a lot of exertion. Okay? So unclogging is okay. And also, umesaktines kilkel up. So now that's point one. Stop. Next issue, there's another category of malacha that we mentioned yesterday called sorche harabim, communal needs. Communal needs are permitted, even, uh, look at it, uh, unlike the previous category of David Ovid, work for the sake of the community can be done even if it entails excessive exertion. Because the communal needs are very important. Okay, so now you can repair damaged cisterns in the public domain for drinking water. So let's say if some of the stones making up the walls collapsed into it, they can be removed. 
Alternatively, these cisterns are cracked and dirt or sewage is seeping into them and polluting the drinking water because this is a communal need. Communal needs take precedence, even if it takes a lot of work. And, and you can clear them out. You can clear them of any pebbles or splinters that could have fallen to them. Also, you can also repair the roads. Those are public thoroughfares. Or streets behind the houses where the children play. Even if it does extensive work. Yes, mikvah and also mikvahs, a ritual bath. Of course, we need to have mikvahs. We do all community needs, and we're going to see what is also added by that extension. And also, and we put markers on graves. You pour lime over them to make sure that that area is tummy and you don't go there. And could be the lime wears off over time. And you can send agents of the court to go and inspect the fields that they shouldn't have forbidden mixtures planted together, etc., etc. So the Mishnah not permitting to sending out agents, for it's obviously it's permitted because there's no excessive exertion. The point is to inform us that the time for sending out the agents is during the immediate, the, the days of Cholamoid. You might have thought, why do it on Cholamoid? He's saying, Bedafka, we do it on Cholamoid. All to be discussed later. With that, we end the Mishnah. And uh, to my, next week, we'll start going inside the details of the Mishnah. Shkoyach, everybody. Have an easy fast.